Hey, what's up, everybody? It is Sunday, June 11th, 2023, and welcome to a brand new episode of the Now Mind You podcast. This is episode 70, Combat. I'm TJ. I'm Matt. I'm Bryce. And today we will be covering some of the fight events that took place over the weekend, specifically around uh, Josh Taylor versus Teofimo Lopez. And then we'll kind of segue into UFC 289, Nunes versus Aldana. Without further ado, Matt. Take us into Taylor versus Lopez. All right. So last night we had Teofimo Lopez, a former unified world uh, world lightweight champion. Um, he was moving up. This was his first fight <clears throat> at a, a light welterweight, junior welterweight, if you will, which is 140. Uh, having moved up from 35. He previously was the undisputed lightweight champion. Um, well, he was almost undisputed. He was short one belt. Um, mm. and then um, but he was the WBA, WBO, and ring uh champion. He won all those titles off of uh Lomachenko in addition to his IBF title. Um, he lost his belts to George Cambosos back in 2021. Um, and then he went on to go back and retain uh not retain, but regain two more. Uh, titles in uh, light welterweight and then ended up getting a WBO title at welterweight over uh, with a victory over Sandor Martin, which granted him this title shot against Josh Taylor for the real WBO title and as well as uh, the ring title at 140. Did we cover his fight against Sandor Martin? I think we we did, did, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, yeah, we did that. We even covered his uh, Pedro Campo fight as well. Mm-hmm. And the George Campos. This is true. Uh, shit, I, we might have covered the Lomachenko. We have actually. Yes, we did talk about Lomachenko. Yeah, we've yeah. talked about all those. Um, on the oh. other side, we had Josh Taylor. Josh Taylor uh was coming into this fight undefeated, 19 and 0. Uh, he was coming from a somewhat controversial victory over Jack Catterall in February of last year. Uh, where he was able to retain his WBA, WBC, IBF, WBO, and ring titles that he had at 140. Um, After vacating several of those belts due to contracts and things like that, um, he held on to his ring and WBO titles, and he put those on the line against Teofimo Lopez. And um, like I said, came into the fight undefeated, having some pretty impressive names on his resume, uh, two of which being... Jose Ramirez and Regis Prograce. Uh those are both, you know, pretty big victories. And he's been a relatively impressive uh fighter to watch at this weight class. So it was interesting to see what would happen because this was Tiafimo's first real test at the weight. And I'm gonna be honest with y'all, he passed the flying colors. There was a lot of things that happened in the lead up, a lot of back and forth, and a lot of things that kind of came out even within Tiafimo's camp mm-hmm. um, and things that Tiafimo was saying within the media, you know, a lot of distractions. And I'll be honest with you, you know, a lot of it looked bad. Um, and a lot of it, a lot of it made you really question if this was a guy that was in the right mindset or the right state to fight. And I'm going to be honest with you, like, I'm not saying this as a positive thing at all, but like, this might be a guy that just thrives in chaos. Mm. Because he's saying some pretty wild shit during the press conferences, too. Yeah, he's saying wild stuff during I'm the press conferences, wild stuff afterward. He did apologize about the kill thing. Yeah. Um, but you know, he this was saying wild stuff. He was saying that he wanted to die in the ring. 
there were like very public arguments he was having with his dad and you know uh i i still personally think he should change his team but at the same time it's almost like a, if it isn't broke don't fix it right. type of situation um as far as the fight goes it wasn't a completely one-sided victory but it was a relatively dominant win for Teofimo Lopez mm-hmm. especially once he hit literally like the fifth round once the fifth round came he started to like really find his rhythm and he was almost completely walking Josh Taylor down mm-hmm. um you know he was able to get really really athletic with him you know and uh I thought going into this fight I will be the first one egg on my face like I thought Josh Taylor was about to give you know Teofimo his second loss mm-hmm. and simply off the fact that I thought Josh Taylor would be a little bit bigger than him, which he is in terms of stature because he's, you know, just the taller person, Um, you know, with him standing at with Teofimo Lopez being five foot eight, um, you know, and again, coming up a weight class to a guy that's already at the weight and has admittedly struggled to make the weight. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. But, you know, and regardless of the fact that he's five eight and five ten, it like the height difference, especially just because of the way that they both stand, looked kind of looked like it was bigger than that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was expecting Josh Taylor to be able to make the fight a little rougher and be a little bit stronger than Tiafimo. And early on, you know, Tiafimo showed that he was strong enough to be at this weight class, like in terms of his physicality, and he was able to hurt Josh Taylor several times, and especially like. He almost sat Josh Taylor down in the fourth round. He did. He never ended up getting a knockdown off on Josh Taylor. But man, he had this guy dancing quite a few times. He, like he hurt him in the fourth round with an uppercut. Um, hurt him with some right hands and stuff in the fifth round, and then he pretty much was just picking him apart. Um, mostly from like the fifth round to the end. Um, Josh Taylor had his moments. He definitely was getting busy. He was moving his head. But once Tiafimo really found his rhythm and was bouncing around and he was dancing and jumping in and out and moving his head, you know, he was able to just do a lot of things that um, I didn't even think he would be able to pull off on a guy that I thought was the caliber of like a Josh Taylor. Yeah. Um, So I thought it was a really impressive win. Um, Again, maybe he just thrives in the chaos, man, because every time he's about to fight, there's always like a lot of controversy. Hell, maybe it's an act. I don't know, but. You know, the dude was talking about his divorce and having seen his kids and dealing with his dad and his dad's yelling at him when he's trying to do his interview with ESPN. And it's just it was it was a lot of stuff. Yeah. And it was a lot of things that would really like a ton of red flags would be like, yeah, dog, you shouldn't be fighting tomorrow (laughs) night. And then he goes out there and performs like that. And it's like, well, Well, fuck what I'm saying. Right. You do you, homie. (laughs) Clearly, this is the formula. Yeah, so I don't know. Maybe he thrives on it. You know what I'm saying? Maybe that's mm-hmm. his fuel when he in the ring. Who knows? But <laughs> that's pretty much all I got. I pass it off to y'all. We can hop over to that UFC. Unless yes. somebody else got a chance to see the fight. I only saw the first round, but even in that first round, I was like, oh, Tiafimo is able to access Taylor's body. Oh, he is finding a home for that right hand. That was just the first round, so. I can imagine it didn't go that well for Taylor from there. Uh, but yeah, I still have to watch the whole thing. That's me. Two eighty nine. Two eighty nine. Good UFC. UFC two eighty nine. Nunes versus Aldana in Canada. Um, mm-hmm. 
shit. Like, who do we have? We had Bahio versus Anders at middleweight. We had blah, 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 uh, Ige, Ige versus Landwehr. Dan Ige versus Nate the Train. 50K Ige versus Nate the Train. That was like a scrap on paper. Um, Malat versus Fugit at welterweight. Then for Kome, we had Oliveira versus Dariush at lightweight. And then, of course, main event, a women's bantamweight title, Nunes versus and Aldana. And at the end of that, too. Yeah, they're a... Hey, and props to her. Should we spoil it? Spoil it. Yeah, fuck it. Nunes retired. Um, yep. And good for her. What a career. What a way to go out on top. Champ of, like, two fucking divisions. You know what I'm saying? Like, you do not see that. You do not usually see champs in... Like be be champ, like even just a like defending a champ division. in yeah. both divisions, right? Yep. And like just being able to go out on top—that's rare. That's really, really rare. So good on her, smart on her too to get out before yep. you start taking damage, right? Like shit, the division then turned over. Yeah, yeah, really yeah. So shout out Nunes. But with that, um, if y'all don't mind, I can open us up. With uh Mark Andre Bayo versus Eric Chaboy Anders, right? Let's um, go. Um, so let me just get y'all a little bit of fighter data right quick. All right. We got Mark Andre Bayo, Canadian, right? Uh Mark Power Bar, Mark Andre Power Bar Bayo, which is like, okay, I see what you did there. I ain't mad at your plate, boy. But 33 years old, uh, fighting out of Gatineau, Canada, right? Uh, trains at Sanford MMA. He's a striking stylist. He made his Octagon debut back in June of 2023. What? No, that cannot be. We've seen the Mark Andre Bajo before. UFC website, you done fucked up now. Um, mm-hmm. but he's been pro since 2014. Uh, let's see, last three. But, but oh, he went against Anthony Hernandez and he lost by submission, which I think we covered on the podcast back yeah. in September 2022. Uh, he went up against Jordan Wright back in April of 2022, which I believe we covered it on the podcast. Well, he won that by submission. And his last win was against Julian Marquez. Marquez back in March of 2023, which I believe we covered, unless it was early prelims. If it's if it's not main card, there is a it chance wasn't that we didn't card. cover it. Uh, but if it's main card, we probably covered it. Um, then on the other side, we have. Your boy, Eric Anders. That is such a good nickname. But Dean Thomas might be in hot water because he keeps on calling him Elder Barge. That's that shit funny. It's so funny. That's neither here nor there. Well, he's fighting out of San Antonio, Texas, through the MMA lab. He's thirty six. Mm-hmm. He he looks younger than Mark Andre Bahio. Anyway, uh, he made his octagon debut back in July, twenty seventeen. Uh, he's been pro since 2015. Let's take a look at his last few. Uh, one ooh, out of his last three, not counting this fight, he's won one out of the last three, right? So he uh, he murdered Dawkins back in December last year. Uh, took that split decision L against Park back in May of last year and took that submission loss to Muniz back in December of 2021. So needless to say, like coming off of like that that dub he got off of Kyle Dawkins, like he was trying to you know capitalize on it, you know keep it going. But I'm tell you some spoiler alert, uh, it did not go his way. I won't say it was a one sided beating, but it effectively looked as if Mark Andre had his number because I mean when it comes to the striking, it's just like. Barrio was doing something that I think uh, was 
what spoiler alert i'm going ahead is what aldana should have been doing against nunez but he was constantly punching in between uh anders's combos and hitting center like constantly like they're very clean one twos a lot of good knee work he wasn't overwhelmed with uh uh your boys wrestling in any way shape or form he was just all around clean and it ended up being a one-sided beat down ish for three rounds now the judging ended up saying it was a unanimous decision win, but I do think round two, me personally, should have gone to your boy because he took down Bahio quite a few times uh, and had quite a significant amount of ground control time. I think round two personally goes to Eric Anders or Anders, but uh, round one and three clearly went to uh, Mark Andre Bahio. That was my thought. I thought it was an exciting opener. Um, the guy fighter tonight. Yeah. I'm surprised that got fired tonight. I would imagine uh, well, a few people got fired tonight. Landwehr versus fucking 50k Ige would have gotten fired tonight. They did too. Uh, okay, good, good for them. But yeah, yeah, that's where I'm at with it. Any thoughts on Anders versus Bahio, fellas? I'm gonna just, I agree with you totally. Uh, I, you know, how I am, especially once you get a knockdown, you know, yeah. And he yeah. got that knockdown on, on Eric Anders early, early. Yeah. so he, you know, he had him working from behind and, um, I thought round two, you know, obviously Eric Anders was able to kind of pull himself together. But um, I felt like in round three, it was just like a lot of defensive wrestling, stall tactic yeah. stuff. Which you know what I'm saying? Which was like, yeah. nope. But, you know, it was like it was out of necessity, man. He was done. Yeah. You know, uh, I, I, th- I thought he put a, a lot of effort forth. I thought he put a, a ton of effort forth in that um in that second round. And I think having to come back from so far behind the eight ball, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. From getting, you know, I mean, he was in hell that first round. Yeah. And he pushed out of that. And, you know, who knows what all that took out of him to pull off and then to try to, you know, to literally get the fight back where it was even in the second round, then to have to turn around and win that third round where it was like, you kind of got it even, but you still was, to me at least, was down two rounds. Like, he didn't dominate him in that second round. He just won yeah. the second round. Yeah, that's true. Um, but that's, you know, neither here nor there. I'm kind of just being an echo to what you said, so. Well, shit, do you want to take us into the next one? Yeah. Uh, our next one, we had Dan Ige with, uh, versus Nate Landwehr, which... I think is a cool name just by itself. Yeah. Um, first of all, Battle of Two motherfuckers with cool names. Yeah, uh, they both got dog in them too. Yeah, a lot, uh, lot of lot of Doberman, a lot of <laughs> Doberman Rottweiler energy was popping off in here. Okay. Um, yeah, if you was looking for for dog, this was it. Both mm-hmm. of these guys threw roughly around the same amount of strikes, um, both in significant strikes and total strikes. I think the difference maker, literally, I think the difference maker was uh, Dan Ige's takedown defense. Yeah. Mm. Like, this fight was that close. I thought as far as the strike, it was literally like they would go striking exchange for striking exchange. And though both of them would get each other in those exchanges, it was like a... um, Like, they would both get each other in exchanges, but one, one of them would win the exchange, and then they would trade it off. Yeah, you know, um, yeah. 
And I think the big difference maker was literally the fact that Nate Landwehr just couldn't get him on the ground. I think he had better. I think he had a. Um, I think he had better stand up than Dan Ige may have planned for. Yeah, but the wrestling just was not. He wasn't able to get that off. Yeah, he wasn't able to stop him with that one. So, um, that pretty much was how I felt about the fight. I mean, not how I felt about the fight. I thought the fight was a good fight. Um, I thought it was good to see Dan Ige get another win. Um, you know, he kind of went on that loss streak. We lost like three straight, and then he just beat Damon Jackson uh, his mm-hmm. last fight back in January with that uh, with the knockout. Mm-hmm. We covered and, that. I mean, he was fighting a guy that was coming, you know, on the three fight win streak. So the three three fight win streak and getting a bonus all three times too. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. Which so again, it goes back to like him properly planning for the wrestling because in in two of those three, it was submissions, anaconda choke and a rear naked choke. Yeah. Um, and but yeah, I just felt like that was the difference maker here. I thought it was a lot of action and shit. Shout out to Nate Landwehr for just being able to withstand some of those shots. Dude, and obviously man, we've seen Dan Ege the do buzzer it too, beaters. But, whew, he was man. He was sending that motherfucker back back to the crib with food. He was giving his ass a doggy bag, right at <laughs> yeah. the bell. Bank intended. Take that with you back to the corner, dog. Take Unintended. that with you, like shit. Hey, you forgot something. Hold on. Yeah, hey, you. Hey, my man. I think you dropped you this. this drink. There you go. Yeah. Right, you know what's you. another crazy thing? Hmm. To me, it looked like it looked like Nate didn't even take that much damage compared to what Dan looked like. That's true too. Yeah. But only one of the fighters had their consciousness separated multiple times. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, I think that was also like a... That's a good call. Off the mat. Not only was it takedown defense, but it was the fact that... I, I, didn't Dan get like two two, uh, two knockdowns? Yeah, the buzzer beaters. Both times yeah. it was literally right at the end of a round. Yeah. Yeah. That was... Those he were got one Dan. official uh, one that they counted, but he got his ass twice. Yeah. Those were nasty. Um, good on the good on both these gentlemen. Uh, it was a really good fight. It was a good war. Yeah, um, I think I think that was that in itself made this card better than the than the last ones we got. Like there weren't any wars. Well, Kara uh, France Albazi was a war, but then it kind of leaves a bad taste in your mouth. So, yeah, yeah. But ultimately, I thought it was a good one. Um, who who we got up next, TJ? Uh, Malat versus Fugit. So we had, I believe, was it Mike Malat, Canadian native? Mm-hmm. Also, something I got to talk about too. Um, the energy was crazy in that Canadian crowd, is what it looked like. And not to bring up Jujutsu Kaisen, but I'm gonna just say this, especially looking at this fight, bro. It looked like anyone who was from the home field had that home field advantage domain amplification, because Mike Malat. <laughs> Proper Mike Malat was not playing with your boy Adam Fugit. Let me let me let me get into a little bit of fighter data, right? So we've actually covered one of Mike's fights before. I think we covered yes, Malat versus Lane Ness back in February of this year, right? Which he mm-hmm. also got that dub by submission. Then before that, like he just started uh back in April of last year, where he fought and defeated Mickey Gal by KOTKO, right? Then we had Adam Fugit. And same thing with Adam Fugit. We did cover his fight. This was a uh, remember Matt, it was that fight night Asian card where oh, yeah. the timing was kind of weird because they were trying to cater to the fans. It was that one that like started at some really weird 
random ass time that we ended up having to watch the day after because like ain't no way bro ain't no yeah, way guess it came on at like 11 o'clock yeah bro we were like it was like the main on, event dog. was happening while we was getting up we were literally all pissed off about that it was uh <laughs> it was uh kinoshita versus fugit right and yeah it, it was uh important for adam fugit because he didn't get the desired outcome in his debut so this was an opportunity for him to make up for that and he made up for it in spades because he got that knockout right so both of these dudes are coming off of victories one of them has like a streak of victories and one of them was like all right let me just keep this momentum going right but let me tell you something bro proper mike malat he's been training with team alpha male and based on the mixed martial arts he displayed yeah there's no doubt he's been training with team alpha male he had double under at some point he had a lateral job on adam fugit but th this isn't even the craziest part like he let the tone be set immediately as soon as the round started boom body kick he almost ended it by making adam fugit's liver quiver in the first round but here's the thing fugit's resilient he found a way to kind of hang in there and keep the fight going but let me just tell you how this ended i believe it was it might not have been a whole minute into round two malat lines up his right hand right hook with fugit's face that's not the one that takes fugit down though right he follows up immediately with a left hook that is right on the money you see fugit starts to go down now you'd be like oh so you mean malad just let him crumple and then the ref came in and did what he had to do oh no mm -hmm. sir no sir mike malad's like hey bro it's crazy that you're crumpling from my hands but let me tell you something i'm actually a mixed martial artist while you're in mid-crumple, let me just hop on real quick and grab this little guillotine with your arm still inside. Give me this so real quick. He hops, bro, he, I mean, you guys saw it too. He hops on this guillotine while, before Fugit's body hit the ground, right? You don't need this. Come he's, here. He, he's like cinching the guillotine and then he's like unable to cinch it. So he readjusts and this time he kind of finishes it from mount. So... He could have ended this with just like a knockout, a TKO, but he's like, you know what, bro? I've had a good streak of submissions. Why break that? Get this arm and guillotine. And that's how the round ended. It, he was the last Canadian fighter on the card, and bro, he closed it out for Canada. He hey, fucking closed and, it out for Canada. And let, Go me, ahead. let me tell y'all this. Uh, Canada was undefeated that night. All True. the Canadian fighters won. The domain amplification, I'm telling you, dog. Yeah. And the uh, last man, two times they said Canada is six and oh and they last uh, in the last few times they've been there. That last six sense. fights they've had there, the Canadian guys have all won. They six and oh. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Shit, I feel like it even extended to Charles Oliveira, low key. They treated him <laughs> like he was one of their own, bro. <laughs> low key, he just got his, his Canadian citizenship on the low. <laughs> he just smiled. Yeah. It, it, would it be okay if I took this next one? Go ahead, my guy. Go ahead. Go ahead. I, I just got to say this. This is the one thing I appreciate. So we had Charles Oliveira versus Brunel Darius, right? Mm -hmm. The one thing I got to say, because spoiler, Charles Oliveira wins this fight. It is fucking crazy that Charles Oliveira will get in this ring with this fucking Kool-Aid man smile on and commit gleefully skip around the ring Hug and kiss every single person in your corner and then send you to the fucking shadow round right after that. <laughs> he will send you directly to hell, bro. Respectfully. He'd be though. like, hey, man, it's all love. Die. <laughs> oh, my God. Like, 
Okay, Bro. I don't mean to cut you yeah. off, no, but did yet. you guys also feel like the ref stepped in a little too late? Yeah, I was like, Bro, right, yeah, yeah, I did. I, was like, I did. Clearly not alive. My man's was not there. Like by the time the fight was over with, Gary News <laughs> just looked. I was like, he didn't have to. He didn't have to experience. He took that. too many shots. Data was in the ref ear, like, nah, we need some. We need some highlights. We need some highlights. <laughs> like, Let him keep going. He was that bow wow meme, more violence, like <laughs> pressing the button and shit. Jesus, bro. Yeah. You 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 said you said it, Matt. You said it. Um, the way I mean, like I. Like the fact that Darius had Oliveira on the ground, and it's just like, oh, he's he's fighting him on the ground. He's yeah. he, he doesn't want to get up. He actually wants to do this on the ground. Yeah, nah, it was he was he was in a different mode. Um, yeah, Oliveira has never his all his fights. He's never not been impressive. Even the fight against um Makhachev. Oh, Makhachev. In that fight. Yeah. Um, you know, and every time you do like behind the scenes with him, you learn a little bit more stuff. He talking about every time he got a fast, his parents fast with him, and they were yeah, that's crazy. I'm like what? <laughs> yeah, tell you ride or die, literally. I'd be like, no, man, no. no. So honestly, he might have took. Uh-oh. Uh oh. Fight person, like bro, I gotta beat your ass, man. My mom, dad, ain't. I gotta beat your ass. So. I mean, Oliveira, probably not. Like they'll probably do the winner between Gaethje and and uh, and Poirier. I think that'd be a good fight. But down the line, uh, definitely Oliveira has has next go around. Um, if he does fight Islam, I think I, I'm rooted for Oliveira. But just the way that fight happened, um, it's just Islam used his own tactic. I'm a I'm a knock you to the ground and I'm a submit you. Hmm. Um. And Oliveira was so afraid to strike with him, which I get. Um, we just got to see. But I don't know, man. Like since since Volkanovski showed that, hey, they they're human. The yeah. vibes might be different this time. That's very true. That is very true. Damn, that's another one. Islam got a bunch of uh, good fights coming up for him. Um, yeah, we gonna see. That'd be an interesting with Volk versus Charles. Honestly, it yeah. might. Yeah, might we could like, see it. Yeah. yeah. It, it might look like uh, it might look like uh, Volkanovski versus Brian Ortega, though. I think Oliveira might be a little bit more. Real um, quick, before we forget, before we forget the way that this fight, just quickly, we can jump right back to what you saying, Bryce. I just realized we never even say how the fight went. That's true. It uh, started. <laughs> it, obviously, it started outstanding. <laughs> um, Charles, uh, I'm gonna go based off an interview that I saw Justin Gaethje do, but also just how that looks. Charles must be really strong. Like there must be absolute thunder in this dude's hands because it seemed like even the shit Bernil Darius was weaving, like the punches he was whiffing was like, damn, I'm still kind of getting damaged from this. Like, yeah, he just was like, he throws so precise. Like Charles Oliveira was just throwing heat at this dude right away and just walked him right into that left head kick and, at that point, I was like, okay, ref. And then he stood up. <laughs> and then he hit him with a right hand. I was like, okay, ref. And then <laughs> Charles jumped on his back. And I was like, okay, ref. <laughs> like, 
I was just kind of waiting for where he was going to get in there. Like, Neil Darius was kind of getting his ass beat a little bit. A little? A little. It's like, bro, hey, my man, get all in saw there. the light leave his eyes, Look, bro. Nah, like, wait. what are you talking about? There's a picture. There's a picture on, on Charles like, Oliveira's Instagram of him walking away, and you see Benil in the back. <laughs> looks. Yeah. Traumatized. Like, so he, here's the thing. Here's the thing. You just hit the nail on the head. The ref didn't stop the fight like fucking Oliveira did. He's like, he's had enough. I'm going to turn now. The ref, Bro, think about the the ref never actually stepped ref. in. It was like fucking... Um, and I was uh, wrong. It wasn't a, uh, it wasn't a, a left-hand kick. It was the right-hand kick. He did like the... Uh, like, what's bro name? Uh, Stephen Thompson. Like, he did the, the right-hand hit, then high kick after that. Mm. And then, like, I mean, he caught him with them double hooks. He just, man, he Charles Oliveira looked crazy when he was up in there. I was like, yo. Uh, I, yeah, I feel like that ref should get fired, though. That was, come on, man. Hey, if that ref get fired, whoever is Charles Oliveira's cameraman needs, like, a raise because the pictures <laughs> he took are just are just amazing and terrible at the same time. Right. <laughs> I'd be bad if I was Badil. Also, Charles Oliveira got the record now for the most finishes in the UFC. This is true. With 20, he on Jim Miller ass. No, he was tied with uh, Damian Maya. Was. Uh, I think, right? No, they showed it. They they put the graphic. It's like him, Damian Maya, like in third place. That's Jim Miller and somebody else. I think Cowboy. This shit is wild, man. Yeah. Yeah. He has the second most submission attempts in the UFC. Damn. He's tied with Damian Maya for the for the most wins in the UFC. Oh yeah, you're right, you're right, you're right. And let's just say, but he I'm does back. have the record for the most finishes in the UFC. What if what if Max Holloway is like, you know what? I'm gonna start pursuing submissions. Right. Please. <laughs> Max Holloway's like, I didn't change. I need to do some. Have broken all the records, set a significant gap that no one could reach. Yeah. Charles Oliveira's at <laughs> 20, Jim Miller at 17, and Cerrone is at 16. I'm telling you, bro, once Max Holloway decides to start pursuing submissions, it's over for these hoes. <laughs> He's like, well, I'm done setting a striking record. <laughs> yeah. Now I just want to put people to sleep. I got to make oh, things no. interesting. It was like, well, at least that's pe- was more peaceful than what you was doing before. <laughs> right. Jesus. <laughs> yeah, the Bronx. Greatest yeah, man. So fighter of all time, too. What'd you say? Fighter? Like comeback career? Holy shit! Yeah, he's had a really incredible career. Yeah. He, um, they saying that the number one contender fight is gonna be this BMF title fight next week between uh Poirier and Gaethje. Hmm. But Dana White pretty much confirmed, like he was like, dude, you just got to do Islam Oliveira next. Like you have to. So I think that's that might be what we're getting, but we'll see. Mm-hmm. We'll see. Uh, anybody else had any any other thoughts, feelings? Oh, no. Man, not to be like a money in the bank type Some of mink title. and mink. I said it. Just mink and mink. You funny as hell, Bryce. I heard that. <laughs> Damn, just mink and mink. Well, uh, y'all want to go into this, Speaking of this main event? <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> go the ahead. Main event, mink. The main event, mink. All right. 
Foster's done. All right, guess so. We had Amanda Nunez versus Irene Aldana. Aldana. Uh, Aldana. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, man, uh, Amanda Nunez. Let me just tell y'all. Spoiler alert. If she wasn't already in the Hall of Fame, she stamped that shit last night. Mm. Um, man, what can where where do I start? I'm just gonna give a quick overview, and I'm gonna pass it back to y'all. Um, Amanda Nunez had to fight to defend her bantamweight title. Um, in her fighting, in her defending her bantamweight title, this was, you know another chapter in her storied career of defending that both her featherweight and bantamweight title simultaneously, which she has been doing. Uh, and she also coming into this fight has not lost in almost 10 years. The last this time true. her last loss was in 2014. And then she beat the, you'll like this one, Bryce. She beat Shayna Baszler. And that was the I- beginning of her undefeated streak up until she lost to Juliana Pena, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. got that win back, and then defended the title again against Irene Aldana. And she pretty much ran her combo list. She just ran her command list on this girl for five rounds. Yeah. And then she put her gloves down, her belts down, and she retired. And uh, you know, I tip my hat to her. And that's where I'm going to leave it for me. I'm sure I'll probably come back in, but I talked a lot on that last one, so I'm gonna pass it to y'all. Go ahead, um, Bryce. She she is she is the she's the goat. Uh, she is one of the best. I don't. Everybody says one the best women's fighter. Yes, that's true. She is the best uh, women's fighter of all time. She's also just one of the greatest UFC fighters of all time. Like yeah. she's the greatest MMA fighter of all time, bro. So is she to me? She she top five. Is she not five? Yeah. Yeah. She top five and she not five, like men included. Two divisions, two defensive titles in two yeah. divisions simultaneously. Yeah. Like she she held both divisions down. She went and took a belt from a division they made from, from a shorty they made the division for. Yeah. Beat Misha Tate for the Bantamweight, defended it against Ronda, defended it against Valentina, defended it against Raquel, went up there, took that joint off sideboard. Went back to Bantamweight, defended that on Holly, defended that on Jermaine, went back to Featherweight and got two title defenses, went back to Bantamweight, lost it, got it back, and then defended that again. She was like, I'm straight. She been a pro since 2008. Yeah. She finishing her career 28, uh, 28 fights, 23 wins, five losses. Top of the world, two belts, losses still in the single digits. Yeah. And all the fucking records. All of them. Yeah. She broke some more last night. Yeah. Uh, what'd she get? I believe I wrote it down. Uh just broke the record for takedowns in UFC women's history. And then most wins broke the record for most wins in uh US uh, UFC women's history. Yeah. Most wins. She got I'm finna run it. She get sorry. <laughs> she had most wins for uh UFC women's title fights, most wins in the UFC Bantamweight Championship fights, most uh win most fights for women's championship fights at Bantamweight. First woman to have two titles, first woman to have and defend both titles simultaneously. Um, 
what else she got on here? She got the most wins of women's history, most finishes of women's history, most consecutive wins of women's history, most knockout wins of Bantamweight, most finishes at Bantamweight, most, uh, yeah, she pretty much has the most wins in the history of the Bantamweight division. Yeah. <laughs> like, she has all the records. She is her. Yeah, she is she her. She is her. She's him. She whatever the fuck she want to be. She's yeah. the GOAT. Like, it's a, it's a tough argument to make. Cause she, she, the argument she got over the only person that she don't have the defended both belts argument over is Daniel Cormier, and she mm. still got him beat because she did it more times than he did it. Yeah, and she had him at the end. Yeah, and she exactly, and she retired. Yeah, she on a went win. out with him. Yeah, yeah, which is not a, something a lot of folks can say. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Um, yeah. Truly magnificent. Truly. Anything else y'all wanted to add? Oh, bro, you hit the nail on the head. It's just, well, I will say for Irene, like Irene, it's like, I don't know why she can get her feet together on her combos because maybe it was fear. Maybe it was too much respect for Nunez, but she had moments of success when she got her combos together. Like you could see the Los Lobos style. It was extremely precise and she caught uh, Nunez in that first round with that right hand that kind of sent her stumbling a little bit, you know? It just seemed but, like she was frozen. It seemed like, yeah. seemed her, like the light corner was, was right for Yeah, the corner was selling her the same thing every time. Like uh, Francisco Lobos, I forget yeah. if that's uh, if his first name is Francisco. I hope I didn't get it uh, wrong. Um, but he kept on saying, I was like, hey, come on. Stop being respectful. Like, go in there and do what you do. But it wasn't her time yet. Yeah, it could have yeah. been. It probably could have been like a mental aspect of it. It's not that we haven't seen that. It's not like we haven't seen that before. Um, yeah, I mean, it's a tall order to fight to fight Shorty. Yeah, yeah. You asking for a lot? I think, right. I think the I think the um, the doubt that was built up for Amanda Nunes, uh, that Juliana Pena brought in, was completely erased in the second fight. Yeah. They was like, oh no, she they she they made her up. hungry again. Yeah, yeah. That that woke up the lioness. And then to not only win your title back, but to defend it one more time, real quick, like reaffirm you could do it. And at yeah. the lighter of the two weight classes that you hold titles in. Right. That's the other thing. Like she ain't just sit at featherweight after she won that featherweight belt. No, she like, did not. with the easier weight cut. She kept defending the smaller title because that division actually is active. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. Also, man, I just, I, I truly think, also, not also, also, quasi petty shit. <laughs> I truly think that, like, she was gonna retire after the first Juliana Pena fight, but she, Juliana Pena won. She's like, nah, fuck that. I'm getting my shit back. Then yeah. she beat Juliana Pena, and she was like, yeah, I can make retire sure. right here, but I ain't gonna have this bitch talk about. You ran from me. Well, Talk she is still world. talking about that. Yeah, it was yeah, in yeah. kind of in poor taste. It's bizarre. Yeah. It's uh shit, man. She Amanda Nunes put it put it the best way she could. Hey, whoever the champ after me is the fake champ. Yeah, <laughs> it's like it's bogus because it's when like I leave, they come ain't together really like the, butt cheeks. <laughs> it's bogus because it's like, damn, they not really the fake champ. It's just you know, same time. 
you retire with both the belts, so they right. just making some new shit. Like honestly, it's 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 gonna have the same feeling that people have for um for uh for uh for for um for Namega Medoff. It's gonna be the same feeling. But you, you know what? What I will say is it's not even fair to put it like that because she didn't really done like worth the shorty low done done at all, bro. <laughs> she didn't beat everybody. Yeah. She did. She, did. she beat everybody. This yeah. is true. So either listen, she vacating them belts, Juliana Ping and Raquel Pennington, they could fight. They rank one and two. Like, even if you go on the website, it ain't even no rankings for 45. Holly Holm could go get that belt real quick. Is, could, your, is Jermaine still in uh, the nah, UFC? man, she's not even in the UFC. Yeah. Listen, 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 that's what you do. You let Raquel Pennington, who coming off a win, fight Juliana Pena, right? Mm-hmm. You let them fight for the Bantamweight joint. Let them fight. Yeah. And then you let Holly Holm. Fight Caitlin Vieta for the uh for the other one. Hmm. That's one through four all getting fights because both of like come on man Caitlin Vieta she could she could definitely afford that ten pounds and I'm not saying it like that I'm saying like with her frame oh I'm listen everybody that cut weight I'm sure would love an extra ten pounds. Yeah, I agree. Right. That's what I'm saying. Like why and Holly on. And and it's already a story there because Kaylin Vieira didn't beat Holly Holm before. Right. You feel me? So this yeah. could be Holly Holm versus Vieira two for the for the featherweight joint. And then come on, Dana, just rock with your boy. Holla at me, man. Let me just do this matchmaking for this division. Stop playing. <laughs> Stop playing. They need to go here to put Amanda on the, the straight pound for pound list. Like not the, the yeah. women's pound for I ain't trying to like where she yeah. at. On the top, 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 because she need to be here. She ain't on there. No, well, they got two separate ones. It's a women's pound for pound list and a men's. I'm saying she should just be on the straight pound for pound list. Period. Yeah. With that level of an accomplishment, because there no men have done what she's done. This is true. I'm just calling it just on some straight down the line. There's there's not a single man in this division that has accomplished what she has accomplished. John Jones, I understand number one pound for pound, whatever. Champion in two divisions, undefeated, and all this for all these years. That I'm not discrediting that. I'm not discrediting that. He hasn't defended the heavyweight title yet. If he was jumping back and forth between those two weight classes, I would even I would it's not even an argument. That would actually be more impressive. Yeah. To cut from 205 to cut to 205 and to go back up to heavyweight. That would be but that'd also be fucking impossible. But you know what I'm saying? I just think she's done something. She's accomplished something that's really, really amazing. I'm really just like, just kind of obviously, as y'all can tell, like fanning out, but I'm just in awe of her career because mm-hmm. that just is so impressive. Yeah. yeah. Such an impressive thing to have been able to do and to end her career like that. It Was it the most like, oh man, this is a super exhilarating fight? No, it was a masterclass. It was the two, a two division champion fending off another challenger. That's what happened. And then she retires. She walks off into the sunset. She gets to go home with her kids, with her, you know, with her wife, and they get to go live their life, man. Yeah, she's, she's still young everything. enough, has her mental faculties to be able to enjoy it. That's the beautiful part. Like open up a gym, whatever the fuck she want to do. She, yeah. bro, she, it, she ain't got she's no set. ops. She said she don't got no ops, bro. There's <laughs> <laughs> no ops left. She didn't beat 
Irene Aldana, which was like, okay, the division had turned over on me. She beat Juliana Pena, Megan Anderson, Felicia Spencer, Jermaine Durandamy, Holly Holm, Chris Cyborg, Raquel Pennington, Valentina, Rhonda, Misha, Sarah McMahon, Shayna Baszler. Pretty good leak, Monique. Sorry. Right. You funny as hell. (laughs) (laughs) But basically, yeah, like, if you was in in the UFC, shorty, she got you. Yeah. She picked you off. The only people to ever beat her in the UFC are Kat Zingano and Juliana Pena in the UFC. She has other losses, but they're outside of the UFC. Yeah. Those are the only people that beat her while she was in the UFC. That's, That's crazy. Congratulations. Yeah, congratulations on her career, man. Um, Congrats. Way to go Next, out on your own terms, too. Sorry, both. Yeah, man, it's it's one of the most impressive ways I've seen a person in their career, like, period. Yeah. And she top, she top five and she not five, bro. Mm-hmm. That's all I'm saying. Um, Next week for the UFC, we got uh, Fight Night, Vittori versus Cannoneer, which is really interesting as hell on paper. Um, I think Marvin Vittori has, you know, I think Marvin Vittori can beat Jared Cannoneer. Uh, just because of his work rate, but and the the way that the way that Jared Cannonier's hands are set up, uh, yeah. And I was gonna say Marvin Vittori's last performance wasn't spectacular. Like if I recall correctly, he he fought that and got that decision dubbed, but it was like, did he win? Did he? Yeah, against <laughs> yeah, the I remember Leeds it was a. kind of a questionable. Yeah, way. I, yeah like, I remember did that. He win? Yeah. Um. We also got on this card. You're gonna find this funny. We got Muslim Salikov on this card trying to oh, beat shit. out Andre Fialio early. Oh shit! Getting work. Oh my god! <laughs> what? He back to it. Let's go. What? Andre Fialio. All right, New Year. Let's get to work. Enough of this time yeah. off bullshit. Yeah. Enough of this. Give enough me of this time all off. the fights. <laughs> like, give me all. Fialio, he be bro. leaving the red like Dana. I'm gonna call you. On, I'm gonna call you tomorrow. Like, please don't. <laughs> Dana please looking don't. at his phone with Tara. Like, don't call me. <laughs> like, dude, please don't do this. I can't do this today. Uh, yeah, it's, you know we got Muslim Salikov is on this card. Um, we also got oh shit, Sarukian's on this card too. He's a mm-hmm. uh, co-main. Yep, that's what I was about to say. Our Mr. Rukian is on here. Uh, and Manuel Torres. We've covered a few of his fights before us, too. This Nicholas Darby, Muslim Salikov, low-key going to be kind of exciting. I'm not going to hold you. Um, and oh, on, uh, go, ahead. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, you, you, you. Please, please, please. Uh, then on the boxing side of things, next week we have Regis Prograce versus uh, Danilito Zorilla uh, defending his WBC uh set uh WBC 140 pound title. Um and we also have on Sunday Tim Zhu versus Carlos Ocampo for the interim WBO junior middleweight title. Uh that's what we got on boxing next week and that's also what we got on combat sports. What's uh, crazy to me is I thought Regis, uh the host of Who Wants to be a Millionaire had passed away, but to see that he's out here still boxing you're man, funny that as is crazy, hell. bro. That's crazy to me. <laughs> 
Yeah, man. Uh, so that's what we got for combat. <laughs> Thank you guys for rocking with us again. This has been another episode of the Now Mind You podcast. Um, you can follow us all on social media. You can follow me at Matt Hambrick. That's M-A-T-T-H-A-M-B-R-I-C. TJ. Y'all can find me on Instagram at Tusforskate. That's T-U-S-S number four underscore S-K-A-T-E. Bryce. And y'all can find me on Instagram at Ashe underscore Onsa. That's A-X-E underscore O-N-C-A Bay Bay. And where can they find the podcast? You can find us at Now Mind You Podcast, wherever you'd like to get your podcast. We're on all podcasting platforms. We're also on all social media platforms at Now Mind You Podcast. Hit us up. Give us a follow. You guys got any questions you guys want to discuss? Combat sports. Think, see what you know. Pick our brains about how the fights went over the weekend. Message us the night of the fights. It's up to you. Whatever you want to do, let us know how you guys feeling. Hit us up whenever you get a chance, and we will see you guys next week. Peace out. Peace. Hey.